Welcome to the podcast, Travel Nursing and Allied Life, hosted by Travcon. My name's Michelle, and I'm your host for the Exhibitor Minute. In our last episode, we had a chance to talk with one of our housing exhibitors, Extended Stay, and had a sneak peek into seeing some of their new renovation rooms that they have all across the country. In this episode, we'll be talking about what it's like to be onboarded with a new company, what things to expect, and what questions you can ask. My guests today are from One Staff Medical, and Sean has been with One Staff Medical for four years and is the creator of opportunities. He's excited to be engaged soon and is a fan of Black Rifle Coffee. Sean, I have to ask, when you say you're, you're going to be engaged soon, are you hoping she will pop the question? Yes, she needs to do it. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, Black, Rifle, Black Rifle Coffee, that's a Utah brand, right? I believe that's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah. What so. makes it a good coffee? I don't know. I got turned on to it a few years ago and they have like some subscriptions and stuff like that. So they have all sorts of different things. I just get a different one every month and I usually like them. So hmm. excellent. And Taylor Seaslick has been a recruiter with one staff for the past three years and married his sweetheart this past September. He is excited to be a soon-to-be father in February and is a big Kansas City Royals fan. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Tell me, how was it getting married during COVID? That would have been a challenge. It was interesting. Uh, it was supposed to be right in the heat of it all at the end of May. Um, obviously, we put it off. And then we found out she was pregnant in about July or August and decided... Uh, over the holiday weekend in September, we had family fly up and just got married about 12 or 14 of us. So it's kind of nice because it was super like low stress, um, yes. but definitely different, but it's part of our story now. So that's fantastic. Well, congratulations. And uh, it sounds like you're going to be within a few weeks, a dad. So that'll be, yeah. that'll be a whole new adjustment. Yeah. We're, uh, we're as ready as we can be. That's fabulous. I'd like to talk today what recruiters do when a traveler comes to a company for the first time. Now, travelers might not be new to the travel industry, but they might be new to the one staff family or to any particular agency that they come across. Sean, do you want to take on, take on the first one? How do you do that when a traveler comes to you that's new? Um, honestly, I just like to have a conversation, see what they've been doing, um, what companies they've worked with what they've liked and disliked about the companies, the recruiters, the assignments, um, just to get a feel for what's going to be the best way to relate to them, uh, what they're looking for. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't do me any good to just start telling you everything that I need. Um, I need to know what's going to work for you. And what sort of things do you want to find out from the traveler to help the relationship grow? Um, I guess, I mean, 100%, I need to know what you're comfortable with. Uh, I need to know facilities, size-wise, um, job-wise, location-wise, what you're comfortable with, what you're, what pushes the envelope, what doesn't. Um, I don't want to talk to you about a job that you have absolutely no interest in, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to waste anybody's time. Is there certain things that you like to cover from one staff? Any certain um, ideas that they can expect to when they're working with you? 
Um, I just try to set an expectation of communication. I try to be as communicative as I can be with them. Um, and I expect the same. Um, as we start moving forward, working together, I'm going to want to know what's going on. Um, just the same as if something's going on on my end, I'm going to let them know. Yeah, exactly. How about you, Taylor? What do you like to cover? Oh, uh, where do I start? Um, I think the the mindset that I have when I go in, it's, I can't assume anything. You know, there's, there's so many different agencies. There's so many different companies. When I talk to a new traveler, I, I find out what they know. You know, if it's a new traveler, it's a lot of education. Uh, it's a lot of relationship building. If it's an old traveler, it's, it's still a lot of those same things, but maybe talking a little bit more about, you know, things that could, things that are different from our company. You know, you can always get into insurance differences and payroll differences. There's a lot of things that are different from company to company, but the only way to really know and find out is to ask questions. I can't, you can't assume anything, you know, as a, as a recruiter talking to a new candidate. Exactly. And so many things are different. One of the things would be paychecks and weekly pay and when you have to get your deadlines in. I'm sure that's something that you cover. Yeah, um, that's part of it. You know, every company's got their own deadlines. Um, I would assume, I mean, our company, we do, it's, it's every Friday would be pay. And I, I think that's kind of the industry standard now as people are direct deposited every Friday for the previous week's hours. Mm-hmm. So everything works a week in arrear. You know, the, the, this week, for example, you're paid out next Friday. We've got soft and hard deadlines. Um, you know, we've got an online portal that we use for our time cards as well. Something that we've just recently developed to streamline the whole process, try to cut out a little bit of the, the back and forth. And this is going straight to the payroll team so they can start, you know, processing payroll for that traveler. But ideally, I mean, the sooner, the better, you know, there is a point in the week where if the time card's not in or it's late, you know, it's, we're either delayed in getting that person paid or it's pushed until next week. Of course, there's deadlines that we have to meet. And that could differ from assignment to assignment and facility to facility too, which is awesome. There's, there's certain vendors too. If you, if you miss a punch in or punch out, you got to go through a two week process of getting a correction form filled out and we can't do anything until it gets sent to us from the facility. And now we're on their time and it just, to, the only thing that I would add from like a relationship relationship standpoint is it's a lot easier to have a harder conversation if there's a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, that's a big part of it is I'll be mad at anybody too if <laughs> if I didn't really know the person. Sure. You know, but it that's where that relationship comes in is look, yeah. I've got your best interests at heart. As long as we're on the same page and communicating. Sure, we might not like some of the things. We might not like something that I have to say occasionally, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's. You it's have to deal is. with hoops you have to jump through just as much as, you know, the traveler. So it's sure. just right. a matter of keeping the communication open. Yeah, that's big. How many travelers tend to get their timesheets in on time? 100% of the ones that want to get paid on time. <laughs> I mean, so I mean that in a nice way. So you don't have to chase too much, or do you? I think it depends on division. For sure. Um, I would say as a, like our company average, anywhere from 8 to 10%. That could be for a number of different reasons, though. If 
if that person didn't work that week or they had vacation or they were sick, there's a lot of different reasons that there wouldn't be a turned in time card. Um, but I mean, I guess anywhere from six to eight to 10% of working count. Yeah. There's always going to be something. Right. And I have to imagine that every traveler is slightly different in how they like to communicate. Some want email, probably most want text. And how does it vary from traveler? Do you, do you look into how they like to be, how often they want to be connected with? Um, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'll, I will always ask them, what's the best way to get in touch with you? What's the best way to talk to you? Um, I mean, if you don't like talking on the phone after we've kind of gotten to the point where we don't need to necessarily talk on the phone every week or every day, whatever it may be, texting you, if you want to text me back and forth and everything's smooth, that's perfect. Right. I mean, obviously there's definitely a time and a place for a conversation depending on what the search, the situation is, excuse me. Um, but if you like to be text or if you'd rather email me, um, that's fine. I'm not going to ever tell you, nope, absolutely. 100%. You have to talk to me. <laughs> um, but there are obviously situations that come up where you, I do need to talk to you. It makes a lot more sense to talk to you. Um, you can't tell my tone through a text or email, no matter exactly. how well you and I know each other. So there could be a situation where I, I mean, I've seen that backfire on people where they didn't absolutely didn't mean anything in an offensive way, but reading the text, it can come across that way. So I've always felt that the relationship with a recruiter or my recruiter is just crucial. 90% of the time, I don't need my recruiter for much more than just, you know, connecting with paycheck and things like that. But that 10% time when something comes up, like they suddenly say, hey, you need, you know, this color of scrubs, or I couldn't get into my housing or, you know, something like that. Having you guys as a lifeline, I, I consider you guys as a lifeline because you're the ones who, hey, you know, I'm really stuck. How, how do you deal with things? Uh, are you always on call or do you have somebody that covers call on the off hours? The good ones should always be on call. Um, but yes, I mean, you, you hit that on the head as it's, it's a very interesting relationship. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's an issue and it's 10 o'clock at night, I mean, there's really no hour of the day that, that we shouldn't be available. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly it. It's, it's, there's issues with housing or badge doesn't work, or there's so many different reasons. Um, but I think it all comes down to just setting the expectation and, and, in starting of that relationship. And we talked a bit about the, um, the communication aspect. Personally, I'm old school. I'll, and I'll tell everybody that I talk to, Hey, I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. This is, this isn't a transactional thing. And I'm not, I'm not here to sell you a certain job or to pitch you a certain job. It's here to get to know you, you know, figure out if, if we can, you know, kind of benefit each other, if we can work as a team and help each other. And if we don't, we don't. Um, but it, I think it's setting that expectation of, Hey, I'm not going to bug you, call you 10 times a day, but there's a time and a place I want to call and get to know you. I want to put a voice to the name and not just kind of stand behind a, a computer and text. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll kind of set that expectation myself of, Hey, I got to talk to you. You know, it doesn't have to be super thorough. We don't have to talk about a whole lot, but I want to talk to you and just get to know you a little bit. Uh, if not for anything, my own peace of mind. 
Exactly. I mean, I, you can travel for years and never actually, I traveled for seven years and I literally mm-hmm. met my recruiter once because there was no opportunity, no, no venue to connect. That's partly why we started the conference is it's kind of a chance for you can meet face to face some of the travelers that you might've only talked to, you might've only seen pictures of, but that face to face or even the telephone call is just huge to sort of, um, get the, the sense of how they're doing, you know, not rather than just a short email. So that's really important to the connection. And you have to no doubt have different travelers, travelers needing different things. Some of them, like you say, needing closer contact, more regular contact and others a little bit less. So I guess that's part of finding out what they need and what they want at the start. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to ask that question. I mean, that's not hard to ask the question, but you almost find that out over months and months of working right. with somebody. Yeah. You know, of course you can ask anybody right now and, oh, I'd prefer to, to text or anything like that. But I just think that's something to find out over time, working yeah. with somebody for long enough. Like you kind of learn, out. Just like we learn with our patients, what they, what they like to, to learn, what they want to know, what they already know, what their right. communication right. preferences are. Same for you. You're, you're learning us as we come in mm-hmm. and what we want. Right. Do you have any tips for the traveler that you feel might help them get their next assignment? Uh, to get their next assignment. Um, we're here to help you. Uh, we can tell you what I can tell you what I have available and based off of what you and I have discussed. But if you're thinking of something um, or you have something in the back of your mind that hasn't that you've never seen me have or something like that and you want to communicate that 100% tell me that and I'll try to do try to get it. And if I can't, I'll never fault you for finding someone who can. I mean, so it's okay to ask for a location that's not on your list that might you might be able to find if you look a little deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, I would add to that. Uh, two things have an open mind. And then yeah. the biggest thing is have a backup plan. And a backup yeah. plan is just that it's it's a contingency plan in case the top choices yeah. don't work out. Yeah. Because I've seen it, we've both done it long enough and, you know, you've been in it long enough where we could want to go somewhere and, and want something in particular and it can immediately fall through. So, And it about- does. It happens quite a bit. I know I was always ICU and I ended up traveling to my big ICU position over the weekend and it literally got canceled the Friday before as on a long weekend. So we traveled across the country and just basically waited until Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was. And then we had to start looking again. Thankfully, we were in an RV. Nice. And my recruiter actually said, hey, would you consider ER? I've got this tiny little ER if you're in. And so it, it does require, and that was changing specialties, but you can kind of do that when you're doing either tele, med surge, that kind of thing, or um, so a little bit of crossover. ER ICU has some crossover. Mm-hmm. And but I was really upfront with the manager when I said, "Hey, uh, I've only done ICU. I haven't done ER. I don't know what to do with something younger than ten. Uh, so yeah, it takes it takes open communication for sure, but All some right, willingness. Right. You have a lot of jobs open right now, so they might be willing to be open to somebody changing specialties given the demand right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been some recent examples. You'll get somebody that's out of it for 
six, nine, 12 months for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, facilities, they're obviously they're, they're in dire need right now. So they may be willing to look past a thing or two. So whether that's experience or anything along those lines. That was, I was going to ask that they're willing to look past the recent experience right now because of the high demand. To a certain degree. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> There's still, I mean, there's still going to be those big players and the big vendors that are still getting flooded with candidates so they can still be a little bit picky. But mm-hmm. with the amount of demand right now, the, your chance is as good as ever. If you're looking to get back into it, you know, you've been out of the ICU for nine months and you've been working in home health. Well, you want to get back in the ICU. Now is as good of a chance as ever to, right. to try and do something like that. Right. Is there anything that would help a traveler... Um, get into a, a different specialty or, or be able to do that? that I guess you could look ahead maybe and see what sort of requirements are needed on the um, ACLS, BLS, the certifications that would help. Yep. Certifications always help. And anytime I've talked to a, to a traveler that's looking to get into a new specialty, Hey, continue doing what we're doing. Let's try and find per diem shifts yeah. somewhere. Let's try to get some of that experience on paper. Um, Cause it hasn't gone quite. And I guess it hasn't gotten to that point yet where they're, you know, they're bringing in somebody to labor and delivery that's worked in ICU or anything like that. So I think there's some transfer depending on the specialty, but. Yeah, that's a good diem. idea. See if you can pick up some local shifts and start floating yeah. to that unit. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, it's just finding the right contract. Excellent. Where can we find you if somebody wants to get a hold of you to get an assignment with one staff? A lot of different options. You can come to Omaha because it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, we're buried in snow, but our website is just onestaffmedical.com. There's a slew of jobs, information. Um, it'll have, I think there's little profiles on there for Sean and I'm not entirely sure. I believe so. Yeah. Um, but our website's a good one. Our Facebook page, we've we've got a social media team that's on there, manning the chats. Um, or just Google the number and call in. You can ask for Sean. You can ask for myself. There's a whole team. Sounds good. We'll put your contact information in the notes below if anybody wants to get a hold of you. And you guys have been a longtime supporter at TravCon. One staff has been there right. every year. Uh, so- I, was a, I was bummed. This would have been the first year I was going to go. Like physically be there. Yeah. Of course it doesn't happen. So you get to experience the new uh, facilities at Paris Hotel, which is gorgeous. I just looked at it a few months ago. It is really, really nice. Uh, Bigger, more space, more space to spread out. So you're really going to enjoy it. As of right now, is it on for? Absolutely. Nice. We're planning for spacing out the booths. We're planning for we're planning for the worst case scenario, which is you have to have everybody six feet apart and things like that. We'll have all the safety things in place for the travelers and for the exhibitors and for the speakers. So if they come down and they say you have to have everything spaced out, no problem. We're ready for it. That's smart. Do we talk about that a lot here? Worst case scenario. It's always worst exactly. case scenario. It's not gonna happen. We don't yeah. know right. that, but it's worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario, other than total shutdown, is already happening right now, which is you can only have events of up to a thousand and you can only have so many people in a room. So we're already planning for all of that so that if they still have those restrictions in place, we'll be ready for it. Still good, right? Yeah. 
I read I like it. They uh, speaking of restrictions, I think they said they're allowing twenty five thousand people at the Super Bowl. I saw something about that. They're going to do the fan experience where they're blowing fans. So they were, they were testing this about a month ago where they were putting in a ton of fans that were facing the people and sort of blowing into their face. So I guess there's not a lot of, there's a lot more air circulation is the feeling (laughs) called the fan experience. We'll see about two to three weeks after. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Get a bunch of positives in Tampa. Right. Is that where it is? Is Florida? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's in uh, in Tampa. Tampa. Day 14. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thank you so much, Sean and Taylor, for joining us on the Travel Nursing and Allied podcast, Allied Life podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out, and we look forward to connecting with you at TravCon this year. Awesome. You bet. Thanks, Thanks for having us Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. You can find the full show notes below or at travcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.